0: Hello and welcome back to Podcasting as Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him.
1: I'm James and my pronouns are barely here. (laughs) I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him.
2: I'm Rob, mine are he and him.
3: And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him.
2: Excellent. <clears throat> we can
3: take all...
0: um, we can take your pronouns as barely here, seeing as you're the one person who doesn't use he and him. So that that's technically accurate. Good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sure. Yeah. We're we're all back. We're all here. We're reunited. Uh I'm 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 like I'm like thirty percent here. I'm 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 still suffering, but I'm here. Uh, I was lured in by the siren call of Rob promising financial crimes.
4: Yep. By yeah. which I mean
1: talking about <clears throat> financial crimes being done in Britain. Yes, exactly. But not exactly. actually committing financial crimes. No, no, got
0: no. On the note of uh, promises, I'll just break one then out. I don't have any Platinum Jubilee shit prepared because it was a miserable weekend. No one fucking enjoyed it and let's just forget about it. Job done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there was some fun stuff that happened over the weekend. And when oh, I say I fun, it. I mean uh, pointless shit and terrible. We had uh, yeah. some political goings on. Uh, Rob, do you want to start us off on uh, the energy support package to get this bit out of the way for Jamie?
4: Yeah, sure. Let's quickly riffle through this one. Um, it was before could've the just weekend. this after I'd gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> we could have been
2: chose not to.
4: Nope. Um, yeah. So just to riffle through this uh, in the spirit of Paddington Bear. Uh, so yeah. So uh. finally the. Um, Tories finally got off their arse and offered a energy support package that's still a lot better than what Labour was offering, which is incredibly funny. Um, it's still a piece of shit, though. You get 400 quid off as a grant. Everybody, uh, every household in, in the UK gets 400 quid off, uh, which is no longer a loan. Uh, if you're uh, on direct debit, it just goes via your bills. If you're on meters, it goes through... Um, uh, either you get a voucher or it's plugged into whatever program you have. And fantastically, because, of course, this is a Tory designed bill, if you have a second home, a third home, a fourth home, and further up than that, for every home you own, you get an additional 400 quid, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, fuck off. What? Fuck right off. Just How put, else are you going to keep uh, those
0: windowsill bees warm? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Fucking Christ.
4: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there's a 650 quid one-off cost of living adjustment for people on uh, Universal uh, Credit, Jobseeker's Allowance, and a bunch of other similar credits. Uh, It doesn't count toward your cap, which I suppose is good news, but it's also not good news because 650 quid for this calendar year is not nearly going to cover the rising cost of pretty much everything in your life. I'll take it. Yeah, of course you. Would. I mean, uh, I'm not suggesting don't take it. I'm just saying it's probably not going to cover your outgoings. Um, good, good save there, Matt. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. we, all, we all heard
2: though Of course you will. Do you know what I mean?
4: <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, who fucking wouldn't? Yeah, it's 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 money. They're they're giving you money. Why why not take the money? Exactly. Cause I, I would take the money. Um, yeah. yeah. And of course, if you're a pensioner, you will get an additional three hundred quid. Uh, this is via the winter fuel allowance because, of course, Tories being Tories, they have to bribe the elderly. Not that there's not old people in poverty in the UK, naturally speaking, but it's a, you know it's also an electorally useful. Well, if uh, they payout. didn't
2: have the sense, if they didn't have the sense to buy a house for fifty p back in the day, then yeah, that's them, true. Quite frankly, yeah.
1: I mean, I I I love the idea that if you're cold and too young then fuck you, basically, you know? Um, But when all of these
0: cunts were cold and too young, they just had to wear more jumpers. That's how it works for them. And that is how it must work for the future generations. (laughs) Things may only remain the same or get worse.
3: Yeah, the way you know you had a proper English childhood is that there were frost on the inside of your windows and the rolling blackouts of the 70s were good. They, they were but they were character bad.
2: build. They, yeah, they were bad. Like if they were bad, if you need to vote for a left wing government, but they were good if you need to like fucking bollock your children for complaining. That, like this fucking you know, man, they don't want spiders for tea again. <laughs> <laughs> also, also like put like frost on the like inside. Spiders skewered,
3: making his rear rearing his head again.
2: Yeah, frost <laughs> on the inside of the windows and putting extra jumpers on is like what you what you did in the seventies. Just if you were in the north, if you were down south, you
4: just put on an extra house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: however just to make sure and this is all this was all if you remember this was all presented as a uh, windfall tax on the big energy companies uh, much yeah, the same shit. as labor was is uh, it, it is it not though it is but what the you know if if the, the the left hand has gotten too strong so sunak has ensured that the right <laughs> hand fuck off, uh, fuck comes off, into
2: balance fuck off. <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, is, is Hitler is Hitler going to do some basement murders again is that what we're hearing here? <laughs> uh
4: no uh sunak instead is uh, offering Bob's at the same time
3: for david again <laughs>
4: Now, Sunak is at at the same time offering all the energy companies uh, eight billion worth of um, exploration and investment energy bre- tax breaks. So, for every quid invested in new oil and gas fields in the North Sea, they can get ninety-one p back. So, essentially, this whole windfall tax is just balanced out by them giving the energy companies well, a tax break. You know on the I mean? other hand, yeah,
2: you've you, you've got to you know what I mean. You've got to keep the the books balanced because the like you know. Household credit card of like national finance and all that shit. Mm, mm,
0: mm, well, mm, yes. Um, yes. I mean, if you think about it, this is just the anti-carbon credit. This is the carbon debit, um, which ensures a balanced household budget for the country.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, by also, the way, also if, if they want to do if they want to do gas exploration, they can, you should come check out that cave in the village. You know what I mean? Maybe that's still there.
4: Uh, maybe that's still going. <laughs> Um, there's also
2: no, it's, by, it's, the way,
3: and by the way yeah make sure that you were uh, you know walk to work and stuff like that cuz that's definitely going to fucking offset this
2: yeah yeah <laughs> and if yeah. you called on the if you called on the walk to work just put on a second car
3: <laughs> <laughs> one for each foot <laughs>
4: um but yeah by the way this includes a 300 million barrel new uh, uh new field off the coast of shetland owned by a norwegian company because apparently our tax breaks also apply to norwegian companies so don't worry about it the norwegians will be warmer than you this winter
3: oh that's that's fucking great more more uh barrels of oil being extracted bad in and of itself but we're doing that stupid thing again where we decide to let other countries just take all of the all of the you know plus side of ruining the entire ecosystem and uh, atmosphere by giving all that money to the sovereign wealth fund of norway fantastic
2: yeah well you see the trick the, the the one weird trick there is that like fucking do you know what i mean norwegian companies can bribe our like Fucking politicians, whereas like the British government already pays our politicians, and so therefore can't like drive them.
4: <laughs> yeah. So there's no, also, there's no
2: fucking, there's no like percentage in in giving stuff
1: to British like the British government. It has to go to private yeah. companies. Also, you're just not factoring in that actually, when you think about it, it's really a lot of work to fuck our own wives. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, though, like it's it's that whole thing where, like, you know, when
2: we when we discovered oil in the eighties, we like, you know what I mean, immediately like privatized it all. Whereas when Norway like discovered oil in the eighties, they immediately like fucking, you know what I mean, nationalized the shit out of it and spent all the profits on rinsing us.
4: <laughs> Which, to be and fair, that's probably the, that's that's yeah. the best investment you could ever make. Oh yeah, we had it fucking common. Yeah. Oh,
0: big thing. Yeah. Uh, well. Concerns over like, all, all the payments of that. How about uh, labels take on all of this? Oh, I don't give a fuck. Oh, Labour won like... the
4: battle of
1: ideas, uh, David. I think you'll find out. They did, and now they don't like the ideas. Boy howdy, I can't wait to hear what great and creative solution Labour have come up with. Is That's it, what yeah. gets me up every Is day.
2: it Toryism?
1: Uh, how
0: did you fucking guess? How could you possibly have guessed? Uh, there was an article in The
2: Guardian. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why Keith Starmer keeps showing up for work. He just looks like he'd be happier licking a battery at home. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so would all Ugh. of us. Like. Mm, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I think it's probably a notable decline in my like mental health since I like got past the age where I used 9-volt batteries
1: for things. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
3: chiefly for shocking yourself in the head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Electroshock therapy confirmed working. <laughs>
3: like every, everything
2: everything you use as an adult runs on double or triple A's, which are just bullshit batteries, quite frankly. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Is this
3: another yeah. one of Jamie's beefs of of like societal progress? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Being an adult should involve using more like giant robots that run on a
4: square battery, quite frankly. <laughs> The world would be a better place. Exactly. <laughs> this weekend, th- this w- this winter, take the strain uh, off NHS uh, mental health care by just licking batteries in your cold, cold home. Mm, yeah. Um,
0: so there was an article in The Guardian uh, titled Labour urges spending watchdog to assess oh. the impact of the Chancellor's £21 billion package. Oh, of course. Shadow Treasury Secretary asks Office for Budget Responsibility to examine Rishi
2: Sunak's emergency cost of living measures. Offers oh. for briefcase shagging more like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
3: this, <laughs> this is that is incredible. It's like, oh the Tories are doing something that is very, very slightly to the left of what we've offered. Best call the like not even the manager, just like telling the teacher that, Yeah, best yeah. boys uh yeah, a mess. Best
1: call spreadsheet squad is gonna kick down your door and <laughs> take you with them. It's the uh it's the whole thing like I've heard of this thing where like you we're going to form an exploratory committee to do good thing right or to do a thing or to solve problem right I've heard of that but this isn't even that this is forming an exploratory committee to do your opposition for you is literally what this is yeah I like, mean it's, it, remarkable. I, I it's should, totally remarkable I should say all that the, these all, are, all
2: the focus groups all the focus groups were busy with street parties at the weekend what else were they going to do
4: I mean, I should I should stress though that that this watchdog I don't think is the same as the National Audit Office, who I stand unreservedly.
0: No, it's not. It's not. That's that's a completely different thing. Um, the Office for Budget Responsibility is very fucking stupid and is basically there to ensure that the uh, national credit card myth lives on forever. Yeah. So from the article, uh, Labour has called for an independent assessment of whether Rishi Sunak's twenty-one billion cost eleven emergency package could cause inflation to rise even higher and a verdict oh, no. on the fiscal impact of substantial borrowing. Oh, for, yeah, for no, nobody,
2: sake. Nobody fall for this bullshit, right? The economy isn't real. Do you know what no. I mean? Whenever they go, oh, inflation's getting too... It's like, well, I don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? That's that's something for, like, rich people to worry about.
0: Listen, you know? even fucking numbers aren't real. Mathematicians yeah. will specify when numbers are real and no one ever specifies the numbers in front of the money signs real. So who can say <laughs>
3: Pat I mean, you see like
2: fucking you see like economists going on we need to get wages down because inflation's rising it's like how about you go fuck yourself
3: <laughs> like, it's, it's just,
0: just it's, it's, it's just a, a child in a chemistry set and they just pour at different things into different beakers and hoping it all levels out
3: yeah i mean I, uh, I ask i ask of you what is the point of the economy if people can't afford to live in it right like it's it's just all them yeah
2: it's it's you just you just put it on a shelf somewhere and have guests marvel at your pristine like perfectly spherical economy (laughs) do you know what (laughs) i mean (laughs) and also as a point of order david like what what kind of kid mixes everything in a chemistry set together in the hope that it'll level out do you know what i mean you're trying to explode like it's the briefcase wanker kid that's who yeah see i had a chemistry set that aspires to work in the office of budget responsibility
3: Damn, I had a chemistry you, like, set when I was like, about C4 10 or something cuz that's how these stories always fucking end. Yeah, well, we,
2: <laughs> we mixed everything together to try and get it to explode and when it didn't, it just formed like a really dark like depressing liquid. We poured it down the toilet, and stained the toilet black. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Not quite as high octane as I was anticipating. And then tried, the right tried, like,
2: tried to sort of like, you know what I mean, pretend that the the, the, the fucking sudden, the toilet suddenly changed in colour. Had nothing to do with the fact that all of the fucking bottles in the chemistry set were empty at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen you using your chemistry set since the incident. It's like, oh, we just got bored of it. Oh, uh,
0: Right, back to this article. So Pat McFadden, who, who those who won't know, which is all of you, Uh, As the Shadow Chief Secretary to the Treasury said, although the sums were of the order of magnitude that would normally be announced Uh. within a budget, the UK's (laughs) tax and spend watchdog.
3: The UK's (laughs) tax and spend watchdog.
0: The UK's tax and spend watchdog should provide authoritative and independent economic and fiscal projections. I'm sorry, but
4: authoritative isn't a word. Also, Pat, I don't know if you looked at like any fucking economic projection that goes more than like a year forward, and all the lines are always wrong. It's just statistically true that whatever these morons come up with, it's just horseshit that will allow you to do what you want or not allow you to do what you want. But, it's Rob, just, yeah. It's are
3: it's misunderstanding, nonsense. because they're, they're factoring in the fact that eventually a wizard is going to come and fix it. That's <laughs> true.
4: Once again, I, I, I did not account for wizards.
0: No. No. The the, OBR's one weakness.
4: If anyone ever says to
2: you, like, the word authoritative, what that means, it's secret code for the fact that they can get an entire briefcase up themselves sideways.
0: (laughs) 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 Mm. With at least £10 billion of new borrowing announced yesterday, there should have been an accompanying report on the fiscal impact of the measures taken by the Chancellor McFadden said, it is right that families get the support they need... And also right that the country knows how the Chancellor is paying for this.
3: Mr. McFadden, what the fuck are your priorities here? Do you wanna like level oh. out this imaginary credit card or do you just wanna you know well. make burbling noises about economy? Do you know what no. it is?
2: They should sell an ebook of this cunt for like men who get problematic erections on the bus. <laughs>
0: He goes on to say that Labour's fiscal rules would ensure that the OBR had oversight of any package that Labour introduced in response to a crisis such as this, ensuring that we get the best value for the public purse, and this is why we have written to them to seek their assessment. This is the most annoying thing that anyone
3: has ever said. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not. It's not. This is where uh, like the priority should be this or that. It's this needs to uh, needs to abide by rules. That's yeah. it. Like there's no there's no like uh, actual end goal in terms of like policy, it's Just money should be going to these people, but we've got to make sure it's not too much.
2: Also, the Tories. The Tories shouldn't be allowed to copy our homework. Who does that? <laughs> yeah.
3: Fucking who's whose spirit does that fire out? Say so, yeah, that's a party I want to vote for. See what it is if they
2: if they want if they want value for money right they should like pay someone to invent the penrose step so I can kick this fucker down them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're just really um they're just really pissed off that the tories did the thing they were saying but they did more and like that's that's irresponsible. You can't possibly want to do more than us and it's it's just it's pathetic fucking baby politics for dickheads and well labour party so. Yeah, um, Annalise Dodds um, mentioning on the
4: uh,
3: fucking who?
0: Yeah, the the, the former uh, Shadow Chancellor who was replaced by Reeves.
4: Who was uh, also, We for read a windfall. her speech, she was also very excited about the uh, Office of Budget Responsibility, by the way. I mean, yeah.
3: for fuck's sake, being excited about the Office of Budget Responsibility oh, no. makes me want to stick my head down a fucking toilet.
4: <laughs> well, she said, she said Labour called
0: for a windfall tax on oil and gas companies, 137 days, 12 hours and 40 minutes before the Chancellor's statement that's how long yeah, it took your him. ideas
4: were worse I don't want to
0: they know. went further than you
3: yeah. what, they took your idea and went huh what have we cracked oh, this no, 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 up no no, no, no.
0: <laughs> please do let me finish this that's how long it took him to him no one referenced there at all uh, to even start listening to the millions of people facing soaring bills Labour is winning the battle of ideas in Britain <laughs> and what, remember they did to the last guy that won the battle of ideas <laughs>
1: Yeah. This is the closest, this is the absolute closest a labor briefcase wanker comes to understanding the offside rule. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, the,
2: the, battle, the battle of ideas in Britain that I win in my theoretical spitfire. <laughs>
4: uh, this is very much like briefcases at dawn hour. This is fucking we will, terrible. We will fight
2: them on the spreadsheets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're trying uh, to do that Hitman homing briefcase thing, but it just clatters at their feet and they kind of shuffle and look embarrassed. <laughs> oh man, that,
3: that's that, that's like an A tier fucking uh, game bug, honestly.
0: So that's almost all from Parliament. Um, the other thing to mention is the vote of no confidence that Board. spectacularly failed. Bored, waiting Bored. <laughs> but Snooze. think of all the wetted fucking nappies. Think no, of all I will the not. wetted I'm bo- nappies. No, my right, fucking sorry. mind
1: it's important it's important to recognize two things at the same time as a mark of intelligence you know on one hand on one hand you know boris johnson is finished on the other hand this is the best possible result for labor him staying on both of these things are true at the same time
4: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah well, why not yeah sure um like uh, welcome to welcome to the emma and... kennedy podcast yeah. <laughs> that, that was
1: Owen Jones for anyone who's wondering oh, trying to find the way. F- Just <laughs> massive levels of cope.
0: Yeah, Owen Jones, Ash Sarka, they were all fucking performing the, the, the old big cope. Um, like, uh, fuck, I don't really care about the fucking.
3: I mean, either, whatever, whatever happens, everything's like they're fucking still in, they're shit. Still, they're still it's, in fucking yeah. power. Yeah, like, either yeah. way.
0: It's yeah. just going to be a different dickhead with a different set of dickhead priorities.
3: All the same dickhead with the same fucking priorities.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Some people will potentially be persecuted slightly less. Many more will be prosecuted much fucking more. Like, prosecuted, yeah. persecuted. Like, it's it, everything's fucked anyway. It doesn't matter. No change is possible within the system. It's all fucking wank. Uh, but with certain specific individuals losing their fucking mind, uh, Ian Dunn, was having a very fucking normal one yesterday. That was Aww. fun. I
3: mean, it's because it's because they're treating it like fucking House of Cards, isn't it? Like, like, this yeah. character has done this t- this thing, this episode, whatever. How is he gonna scramble his way out of this one? Where like, actually we have to live in the real world where people are still being d- d- deported to fucking Rwanda. Like even if this is like the incipient moment of the collapse of the Tory party to enable like a Labour government, they have still <laughs> not said that they would stop uh, deport trying to deport people to Rwanda.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, and they wouldn't too. I mean, this is just the court gossips doing their thing. You no, know, oh, you know all yeah, yeah. we need, what we need, is that island from Brave New
2: World, right? And we can all, all we can all go and live on that. And they can, like, and the fucking Labour, Labour, and the Tories can just get like Aaron Sorkin in to write politics for them, and then they'll all <laughs> live happily ever after.
3: Oh my God! Do you know what? That that feels like the kind of thing that these freaks would want is for like Aaron Sorkin to be writing their fucking speeches for them.
2: 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean,
0: absolutely, like. 9.01pm, Ian Dunn, oh shit. 9.02pm, Johnson survives but by 211 to 148 votes. 9.02pm, he's fucked. 9.03pm, remember that table banging the next time someone suggests to you that the table banging at these things means shit. 9.05pm, two glasses of wine on a sad looking table.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, yes. 17
0: 917 p.m. <laughs> fucking hill. Starmul's had his weetabix. Oh,
2: oh fuck. F- oh,
4: there's just,
3: there's a
2: there's a thing that people say in the 21st century, mm. do you know mm. what I mean?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I suppose uh, Starma being like animated is reminiscent of a person with dementia like being able to stand up and remember things for the first time in years. Mm. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it's just fucking like... And even then, he's been animated before and all it does is it's just fucking loud squeaking noises. Like, who cares? It, it's, it's pointless, it's worthless, it's I, never I mean, achieved anything.
2: Per, I think, I think actually, David, I think the Stuart Little film made quite a lot of money, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, tragic. Uh, Yeah, so it's just been a fucking shit show. The libs are all really fucking mad, but they're all really certain that... Johnson must go now because, uh, according to the according to precedent, uh, which is as we all know is a mm. thing that is constantly maintained in the year of a law two thousand twenty two, uh, Theresa May got sixty three percent of the party saying confidence. Uh, Margaret Thatcher got fifty five percent, and both of them had to walk, and Johnson got fifty nine percent, so he also has to walk.
4: Yeah. This because, is a normal
0: thing to assume. I mean, of course, yeah, but what happens, when, what
2: happens when he just shrugs and goes, "Nah." Yeah. Has anyone, has anyone, has anyone in the fucking like in in the the, the like centrist dipshit cloud even like begun to address that? Because it's happened about eighty times by my reckoning, and you'd
4: think they would start to cotton on that it might be a possibility. No, they just wake up perfectly smooth-brained every morning and just assume that mm-hmm. that it'll, it'll yeah. work today. It's incredible yeah.
0: behavior. Getting ready for work, putting your entire skull into the Shino bolo.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they're literally like, if that guy, if like, if Guy Pearce and Memento like had like had a subscription to fucking EU Supergirls Patreon, do you know what I mean? It's like...
1: <laughs> oh dear.
0: Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's the Parliament bullshit. Uh, who who fucking kills? It's, it's all the same wank. It doesn't matter. Can
1: I? Can I interject here with something incredibly cursed? It's just happened in real time. Oh, go for it. Yeah. So my partner. Alex, who does some of the editing on the podcast, has sent me a message. Alex works in IT, I won't specify the company, but I must stress that it, the field she works in has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. Her message reads as follows. My company has dedicated a chunk of our all-hands meeting to talking about SpaceX, Elon Musk, a high-up person at SpaceX, and what we can learn from them. God help <laughs> me.
0: Yeah. find a oh. new job. Alex, yeah. uh, a, you'll guess, enjoy guess it a... literally more than that, regardless yes. of what I, the um, job is. No, no,
2: no, they might be. They might be about pre- like about to present them as a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Don't, doubt. out. yeah, oh, yeah down, down about that, that
0: that would be feel. Uh, yeah. Cops brings eternal. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to uh, the cops now, uh, and I'm the justice system. Again. Yeah, these cunts again. Uh, no, this is about the prosecutions. Uh, surrounding the Sarah Everard vigil. So, the Met over the weekend began the uh, prosecution of four people for breaking Covid lockdown rules at the vigil for Sarah Fuck Everard, who was the woman who I was murdered by a it, rapist piece of shit, Met cop, whose colleagues knowingly called him the rapist while he was still serving as a cop. So at that there was hundreds of people present at that vigil. Um, Literally, literally hundreds. Uh, Six people have now been charged.
4: Uh, Were they the people who offended the police by running into their batons and riot shields at full tilt, as people are wont to do? Possibly, I don't know. I have very scant
0: details on this and I'm just going to get into why. Uh, But six people have now been charged.
2: I said four. There's two more to be charged in the next couple of weeks. Did they do, Did they do like, super-secret prosecutions or some shit? They did, yes. Uh, it's, it's it's all kind
0: of standard fare, the prosecutions weren't dealt with in a normal open court. Instead, they were undertaken
2: through what's called the Single Justice Procedure. Oh,
3: good so, lo- I'm glad that there's only one now. Is were they, they, it, were they it,
2: worried it, that Ethan Hunt had stolen the knock list or <laughs> some fucking <laughs> bullshit like that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that a Marvel movie?
2: Oh... Uh.
0: So basically what this means going through the single justice procedure is that the prosecutions themselves aren't publicly listed, so members of the public and therefore like, court reporters and stuff who are effectively members of the public to some degree, at least under the, the way this works, um, wouldn't have any obvious idea that these cases were actually being conducted or what was, what was on them. If they were published they would maybe have the people's names on them, but it wouldn't be any information of like, what the charge was, what court it was in anything that you could actually use to identify it beyond like a name which isn't exactly identifying um depending on the name the outcomes of the cases themselves don't need to be made public and in fact since the cases took place uh just over the weekend there uh, oh only just over one the jubilee plea...
4: weekend when literally everybody's attention was on Paddington the fucking bear yes um one plea has been disclosed by the court out of the four cases that were being held
0: fuck that's that's all we know yep so journalists haven't been able to get any access to court documents and they run up to the hearings uh, which is something that they've got a right to see and the Ministry of Justice is either unable or unwilling to provide these documents. Uh, they are supposed to only take a day to provide but the current kind of working time that they're advising is around seven days uh, partially because backlogs and partially because full day bank holiday weekend. And Jamie you asked earlier why. Uh, well, the reason that they're given—well, um, they're not really given a reason—but the reason that these c- closed courts exist um, for COVID prosecutions specifically was—is a- it—is it because the police are sad? Boo hoo hoo. Well, <you> know, probably <laughs> yeah. Um, initially, these were <laughs> authorised for COVID prosecutions uh, because obviously it was a pandemic and like you know you couldn't have loads of people piling in a courtroom and shit. So they made this kind of separate system where you could easily, um, you know, conduct a hearing and all the things would be available, etc, etc. It was supposed to be a good enough replacement at the time. But even though every single other part of the government and society in general has decided that COVID isn't real anymore, uh, they are still clinging on to this as a thing to do without any real cause for it. So, uh, I, say, are you
3: trying to tell me that the police have taken a toll given to them under powers granted by the government and then used it for malicious purposes
0: what I'm saying here is that actually surprisingly pretty much every single arm of the state the ruthless and authoritarian state hasn't actually taken the piss with this shit um, and has rode back on it way fucking quicker than they should have with the only outliers being the Ministry of Justice and the fucking Met who are Desperate to continue using them in this yeah, situation. Yeah, because Obviously, like, it's because all,
2: all the other ones, all the other ones annoyed Baz, do you know what I mean? Who gets like yeah. mutually angry when he sees someone with a mask on in public? Yes. But like yes. Baz doesn't give a shit about what happens to criminals because like criminals deserve like to be fucking killed by the police.
0: Also it means that if these cases had to be dropped, then they could be dropped very fucking quietly because as far as the records are concerned, they pretty but much wasn't didn't actually fucking happen. Yeah. Yes.
1: What's really annoying is there's this whole kind of, you know, um, reactionary, like, freedom kind of political party conspiracy theory movement in the UK right now, and it's all about how, oh, you know, the pandemic is fake and it's being used to, you know, champ down on our civil liberties, etc., etc., except all the shit they're annoyed about is just basic pandemic kind of you know please maintain two two meters distance from other people and wear a mask kind of shit yeah please um, we're we'll not even
0: enforcing anything we'll just please
1: yeah exactly and yet the actual the serious stuff which is like oh actually here are your civil liberties being eroded here's the stuff that actually genuinely fucks up us like, they don't even know about it and wouldn't even care if you pointed out to them no because they're not it's the
2: because
1: it, it's not yeah, in the magna yeah. carta <laughs> yeah it's just it's so depressing
2: the Magna Carta quite clearly states that you don't have to wear a mask in the chip shop. Fuck off, right? But it, it doesn't say anything about secret courtrooms. You know what I mean? <laughs> Somewhere, <laughs>
3: Eleanor Yarnell just started crying. <laughs> and yeah, they have a they
1: have a they have a fucking obsession with this thing called auditing, whereby they like go around and record people doing things. And if they're not allowed to record them doing things, then that means they've got something to hide and so you know there's this whole new conspiracy trend called auditing which is basically whip out your mobile phone and try and record people doing shit and if they say no under any grounds then well there's you know clearly they're up to no good it's like man i've had to learn far too much about these guys for my work and i hate this shit i think we should bring back happy slapping i think yeah that uh... (laughs) That
4: was a good time
3: yeah it was a happy time
2: yeah Mm. (laughs) and it definitely slapped Hey.
3: But not so, that, yeah. that
2: Auden thing is is wild. Like, did you see the video of those fucking clowns like serving a fucking legal document to Alan Shearer? Oh yeah, but they were at someone else's house.
3: <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well, if you see him and him this, <laughs> but
4: yeah, uh, but but speaking of Auden, tell, uh, tell him it's Borger time. <laughs> <laughs> before we before we move on to the main topic I did want to uh, briefly touch on uh some news from the world of video gaming and particularly Blizzard's fine new release uh Diablo Immortal which is the fourth or however many th- installments in the Diablo
2: series oh, it, it's um, yeah it, they they called it that because that's how long you have to live if you want to complete the game uh,
3: <laughs> <do you laughs> yes. what, is what is great about Diablo Immortal is when they announced it it was at oh, Blizzcon whatever the fuck it yeah. was and everyone was everyone's anticipating like this the new big Diablo, Diablo 4 sequel to, like, Diablo 3, etc. And as soon as they say it's a mobile game, the crowd just goes dead fucking silent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my favourite part of that was there was one guy, and, like, you know, okay, you can make fun of him all you want, but I still kind of relate. He he got up to use the mic for, like, the quick Q&A session, and he, he asked him, is this an April Fool's joke? Like, <laughs> you know. And I'm um, like, yeah, okay. Um... And then they got really, uh, the developers got really shirty about it and rhetorically asked the audience, what, don't you own mobile phones? Um, oh, yeah. Just like normal scenes. Yeah.
4: But now people have had like an actual hands-on look at the game because it's about to come out and I think it's got like
3: 30 million pre-orders or something. And it is. Yeah, but you, t- can, you can only get your hands on it if you have Midas Touch.
2: How do you pre-order a mobile game? It Fuck knows. <laughs> That is what how do how, how seriously how does that work like you don't do you know what I mean you don't Fucking it! It's wild enough that like people have to pre-order fucking like games they're gonna download off Steam or fucking whatever or the PlayStation Store. But a fucking mobile game, they, they beg you to take those things. Why the fuck Jay- would you pre-order it? Uh, because Jamie, I, I
1: think you'll find it's it's very important to pre-order your free-to-play mobile game. No well, X.
4: I wanted this is specifically what I wanted to talk about uh, because the free-to-play thing isn't quite so free as you might imagine it is. um I, I read a couple of things uh, about I assure it.
2: You, I assure assure you whatever you're about to say about how the free-to-play works it is exactly as free as i I imagined it would be so uh,
4: <laughs> so for those of you who don't know essentially to get armor and weapons and doodads you can play this game or you can pay and blizzard essentially in, in, has an incredible level of incentive for you to pay up to and including essentially completely locking out the top tier of everything unless you pay substantial amounts of money for this game um, and just like any good drug dealer, the first samples of this pay-to-play stuff are free, but to get one, you have to log into the store first and thereby link uh, your account to your Apple Pay ID or your Google Pay ID or what of those, um, and with the free sample, uh, you get some, like, orbs, which are in one of the many forms of in-game currency, uh, but you don't get enough to buy literally anything in the store. You, like, you get, like, literally half a penny, Essentially,
3: I love it. I love it when uh, businesses just copy the um, business model of like crack cocaine dealers, and heroin yeah. dealers.
4: <laughs> uh, and when you when you defeat the first boss in the game uh, in the first act, you get another taster um, worth another bunch of orbs. Uh, but even when you put those two together, you don't have enough for the cheapest in store item. But you have almost enough, so you just need to spend a little bit.
2: Uh, to get there. But and I, I bet you can't, I bet you can't just spend a little bit though because I bet the orbs only come in like £10 packs or something.
4: Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, so essentially, you can trade time. Uh, you can either grind all this shit out or you can trade time for real cash money and if you don't like doing that, the game will be boring as shit and will also pretty much be your full-time job. Uh, so the basis is you buy items with things called orbs and the orbs you buy with real money, that's how there's a step in between You exchanging real money for items, and that makes it abstract more so people, and especially kids, do it more. Um, And then they, in turn, convert into yet another item. Sorry, the orbs convert into crests, and the crests give you the chance, but not the guarantee, that high-level items could drop in games. But they only give you, like, a 5% chance. So if you want a good item, you probably have to buy, statistically speaking, you have to buy 20... um, 20 orbs worth of crest which rounds out to about 50 quid if you want one... Anyone
0: anyone, like uh, unconvinced of the evils of JK Rowling the money system she invented for Wizards is basically this shit like it has a three tier system for money. Fuck off.
1: Yeah also I mean this is basically this is the equivalent of precision engineered very expensive Legos specifically designed not to fit together so that you keep needing to buy more so eventually you can get something. You know, yeah, we've given you a fucking loot
0: box, but it's just fucking Lego, Duplo and Mega Blocks. have fun prick.
1: Yeah, but these are yeah. specifically
4: the the highest level items to get to like the top tier, so you can be the coolest, baddest dude on the server, are physically locked out of the game unless you pay. You can't get them through normal means there's like it's very you would have to grind like thousands and thousands of hours uh there's it's statistically the chance is zero that you would be able to max out your in-game character if you did spend money however even if you did there's not it, there's not a guarantee that you do get what you want so apart from these orbs there's also uh there's <laughs> more it, was shit the, was the
3: design was the design spec for this fucking game to make it the most tedious unfun piece of fucking shit blizzard like disaster piece ever made because holy shit like none of this none of this sounds like something that I want like as someone who has played like at least Diablo's 2 and 3 and like a bunch of other Blizzard games Like this is like by far the worst sounding. This is the this is the
2: fucking this is the blueprint for every Blizzard game going forward. Though, do you know what I mean? Like, nerds were furious when they announced the mobile game instead of Diablo Four, but Diablo Four is going to be like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it won't. It won't be Mm -hmm. maybe won't be quite as extreme because it's not on phones. Yeah, but like it'll it'll be it'll have
1: some bullshit like this attached to it because the fucking games industry is incapable of not doing that yeah i'll uh, listen like this all sounds pretty terrible but you know rob how are nfts gonna fix this <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna come in diablo 4 i guess um so
4: like some people on reddit did all the data mining and crunch the numbers and the estimate is that it would take you if you paid for nothing you just played the game straight up it would take you 10 years of play time to reach the top level and have the best gear And one of the absolute determinants of you battling against other characters in the game is not the gear, is not your level, which is all publicly attainable. It's specifically through these gems of which you can only get to the top level without paying. And if you thought that was the only way of paying in the game, it's not. There's other ways you can supercharge essentially the probability of your character progressing and getting good stuff. Uh, one of which is the Super Battle Pass, which is 15 quid per season. I don't know how long a season lasts, but that's another 15 quid. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You can also buy more Until the end of
3: this sentence.
4: You can also buy more inventory space uh, and access to like a market where you can trade with other characters for another 10 quid a month, but that market doesn't use the orbs that I just mentioned. It uses eternal orbs, so they're not the same. So you have to have both eternal (sighs) orbs and regular orbs if you want to get anywhere.
3: It really is fascinating because the you know Path of Exile which is a, like essentially as far as I'm concerned the true sequel to Diablo 2 because it's actually good has like probably the most ethical um like microtransaction system I've ever seen in a game that is like actually is free to play and Blizzard looked at that and went nah fuck that we could rinse them for more money and make a worse game like it's just really like really is impressive to see just how fucking dog shit yeah. of a company they are you the thing also- is as
2: well though, right? Where you say you say it would take ten years to earn everything in game like without spending money. I guarantee you that is a fucking like uh, a plus to a lot of players. Because yeah. there's a there's a thing with there's a thing with a lot of people who like for a lot of gamers where they're completely fucking incapable of recognising that their life sucks and so they they rate their entertainment software based purely on how long it takes to complete, because it's like do you know what I mean? If you want the 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 Ur example, it's elite dangerous, which is one of the most tedious fucking games ever, with <laughs> nothing to do apart from like grind.
3: Jamie, yet- I don't think I don't think that's entirely fair because it's not just how long t- things take; it's also being able to lord that shit over peons who don't have as much shit as you.
2: Well, yeah, but no, I mean, like a lot of people are just like fucking. They're just like, oh no, if you made if you made it easier to get like the all the stuff in the game, they would stop playing sooner, and that would therefore the game would be objectively worse because the value of a game is in how many hours it takes you to finish it, and nothing okay. else. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah, matter. It, it doesn't matter if the it, game's shit. It doesn't matter if the story's terrible. It doesn't matter if you're having fun or not. What's important is. The total number of hours you got for your money, like for the money you spent. Yeah,
1: it's it, Jamie. It's literally the value for money shit we were talking about in the politics section earlier on. Yeah, like it, it's the same. It's the same drive. It's like you got to have value for money. How do you determine value and fun? Well, you can't really quantify fun. All you can do is quantify attention. Well, yes. God, so how much attention? Try.
4: Well, and also you 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 can quantify one more thing. And you can quantify one more thing, which is which is which is number. You can quantify number. My number bigger than your number, therefore I'm better. Well, no, I was going to say the uh, the the thing is as well, though it ties into the
2: whole like thing you see gamers talking about with like dead games, where it's like fucking oh this game's like not getting any more updates, it's a dead game. Oh, the player numbers have dropped. Remember when there was those fucking articles about how the player numbers had cratered after a month on their yeah. Ring? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I wonder why that is. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's just so like because everyone like people complain about live service games. And how shit they are, but to a lot of gamers, that's the ideal model because it keeps you fucking like distracted from, you know what I mean. The fact that like most of your money goes on rent, and you you know what I mean. There's 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 basically like a lot of fucking gamers have like like high paying tech jobs, and are convinced that the world is just and right because they got a high paying tech job, and so everyone else could just you know what I mean learn to code and, and the, other side of that
0: is, the other side of that is it's the social inclusion thing like if, if a game is live as a, if it's a live service game and there's a huge player base and shit like that it's the happening thing of the now which they are involved yeah. in so it's a social status thing too like yeah the, the whole system's fucked and live service games have absolutely fucking like been the main contributor to that
2: yeah
4: So essentially, just to wrap this up, all in all, uh, a bunch of people did the math on this. If you want the fully maxed out character with the maxed out stats and the best looking armor set, et cetera, et cetera, you would need, if the probability distributions are what they are in the game right now, you would need to spend somewhere between 100,000 and 110,000 US dollars. Um, And this is not just to like go in the store and set fire to your credit card. You would also still have to spend like thousands of hours in game to make all the probabilities work because you're operating on a 5% drop chance. So you would still have to put in for every one of the thing you want, you would have to put in 20 hours and you want many things. So it's not just thousands of hours, it's 110,000 US dollars. Are, um, are loot boxes involved in this at any point? Uh, well, the, yes. Blizzard says they're not, but this game is not being sold in Belgium or Holland where there are legal <laughs> restrictions <laughs> on loot boxes. Yes. So in Belgium <laughs> and Holland, thing they, thing well. those that, are considered gambling. And in, weirdly, that, in those two countries, not
2: for sale. That $110,000, I'd imagine if loot boxes were involved, that's an average spend. Yeah. Because there's probably a possibility that you would drop the hundred and ten thousand dollars and not get yes yeah. what you needed.
3: Oh yeah, I mean that's what that's what I'm saying. What Rob is saying isn't it? The five percent, just it's hundred thousand to if you took like an average pro, uh, person trying to do it. Oh, no, this is I mean, what it yeah, costs he's saying he's
2: saying it's a five percent chance when you're grinding game with the item you got from like you spent your money on a what was it? A fucking a crest, crest or some shit. Yeah, yeah, and then that gives you a five percent drop chance, so you've got to grind the bosses. But I'm saying is are you guaranteed to get the fucking crest is what i'm no. asking or could you no, no. Could you drop it depends if quid? the
0: manager of the goblin bank deems you worthy of it
2: <laughs> yeah because i i'm imagining a scenario where you drop like a thousand dollars on like on
4: loot boxes and get no crests yeah it's it's possible or you don't get there's like the crests are divided in it, it's something to do with jewels and there's like ten types or colours of jewels, so you could get a lot of the correct level of
1: jewel, they would just not be the colour you want. So you could just be overstocked in be, one category. Just, just love to be the unluckiest whale in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, oh boy, oh boy, uh, honey, I remortgaged a house so I can slay this dragon, let's get going, and then you just sit there and blow through the entire mortgage and still don't get the thing you're looking for? But that's, that's, why, that's why whale song always sounds so fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also, did we all see that fucking crypto bros vision of like the future of games? Yes, yeah, oh, yes. that was fucking that was great. That like, yeah, you know, I love to fucking grind thing
3: I've ever heard.
2: Grind for eight hours to unlock like a fucking you know what I mean, a hat that I can then wear in space or some shit. It's like yeah, cool. That sounds sounds great. That man. Yeah, it
3: should, it yeah. should be it should be hundreds of hours to grind for a hat that you can wear in your vampire castle, right, Jamie?
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Well, let's uh, let's maybe fucking. Yeah. Oh, f this cunt and um, go on to the main topic, shall we? Yeah, and let's, let's... Also, that's, conveniently, that's fucking 8 o'clock, so yeah, Jamie, if you need to piss off...
2: to bounce, so... <laughs> have, have fun with whatever the, whatever the rest of the pod's about.
0: Hi, welcome back. Uh, Jamie has had to fuck off for reasons.
3: Uh... He had to return to his home planet
0: yeah it's not a comment on the um the the content on the quality of content in the upcoming section anyway uh so yeah we're just gonna fucking we're just gonna get right with that it's without jamie so rob it's takes is away
3: accident
4: uh yeah so i wanted to talk about despite what we talked about in the first section i wanted to talk about debt and the importance of debt and specifically that of the corporate sector and why that might be, like, a gigantic fuck-off problem coming up.
0: Right. Um, this is us putting on oh, well the economy is real hats now, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it is. It is very much right. that. Um, uh,
1: Some of the... This, like this is one of those points where... I, it... I don't know about... Uh, sorry, but I don't know about you guys, but I put mine on sideways, like... You know. <laughs> yeah, and then I sit
3: backwards on a chair.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? So that's, that's the attitude we're taking to this. We're like, we'll wear the hat if you make us, Rob, but we're not going to wear it your way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so... I wanted to talk about
4: some elements of it, and then I wanted to talk about a specific product that was designed to be a way around these things that rhymes very much with the things that brought down the economy in 2008 and may or may not be in a position oh, to do the same C- thing oh, all CDOs. over again. Yeah, but this time they've been renamed into CLOs, which is a completely different thing. Oh, as, well, as, that, as, that'll uh,
3: slip right past the uh, yeah. regulation, right?
1: Just looking on my keyboard... um. What two letters are adjacent to each other on the keyboard right in front of me? Hmm. <laughs> C. Hmm. Never mind. I'm sure that's not important. Carry on, Rob.
4: All right. So very, very briefly, uh, we did, I, I talked way too much about central banking in different episodes already. Uh, you can go listen to them. They're called The Curse of Money Island. Uh, but very briefly, post 2008 and even more during COVID, um, the central banks lower the interest rate to zero to even or even lower and started up buying up huge pools of state debt, which means that all the money that like pension funds and banks and wealthy people and everybody that that wants to invest money needs to find uh, a safe place to put their money and uh, they need to find it somewhere further out on what is known as the yield curve, which is it brings in a bit more money, but there's a little bit more risk. And wherever you find that point, uh, essentially the central banks took away the safest option on the table, the idea being if we get all that money to not be invested in the state, but rather in corporations and in um the private sector, then they will create all the jobs and that will save the economy post two thousand eight and then keep the economy alive during COVID. Um
3: so
0: is, is the, the yield curve well? just the bill curve, but for stonks like is that is that what that says?
4: Yes, yes.
3: I was gonna say that that uh, that whole spiel you just gave us, Rob, that felt like it needed an I assume at the end. Yeah, but <laughs> well, I mean, broadly speaking,
4: this this is what happened. Like a lot of money that would previously have gone into just buying uh, U.S. ten-year treasuries or or UK gilts or, or or German uh, um, obligations did go out because they and seek investment in the corporate sector because there was literally no safe state debt to buy like it did what it was supposed to do in a way Um, so a huge amount of money sloshes into the corporate world and the question is then of course is how does that money get spent because it's all in the form of loans in different stripes right Uh, uh, a pension fund isn't giving 10 billion to Boeing or or BASF or whatever big corporation you can think of out of the goodness of their heart. They want it because they want their money back plus some interest. Um, So what did those corporations then spend their money on? Well, some of them, but not a lot of them did actually buy new plants, new materials, hired new workers, and did the productive stuff that makes the material economy go brr. More of them though, did other things. The first thing being um, corporate stock buybacks. We talked about this a little bit in previous episodes. Essentially, uh, what a lot of them did is they took, they borrowed a shit ton of money from the open markets and then bought their own stocks back with it, which boosted the price of their own stock without having to materially change anything about the company. It's it's just an accounting trick, but it does work very well. Um, since the 2009 and the advent of free money from the central banks, that percentage jumped from about 6% a year to about 12% a year being spent on just stock buybacks. And in terms of volume, uh, according to CNBC, uh, since the start of COVID, so that's 2019 to now, so that's excluding all the stuff before, that was already 1.5 trillion that was just spent in buying own company stocks thereby juicing the share price price which if you're an st- executive and you have options that pays you out and it makes the shareholders happy and it makes your company look good even though it doesn't do anything functionally but just put more debt on your balance sheet
1: yeah should we like i've been thinking this for a while let's just do a little detour here rob just for the benefit of our audience right because i don't think many people realize this but um when a company offers its shares right um basically, the initial public offering, they put out a bunch of shares and say, hey, you can buy these. And then the market decides, in theory, what the value of these shares are on a per unit price, and then people buy them up. And in that initial public offering, the money then goes to the company. After that, the shares are basically traded between collectors, for want of a better word. And in theory, in theory... Having shares entitles you to a portion of the proceeds of profit from the company, yep. which gets paid out as dividends, in theory. In practice, many companies, like Amazon, don't pay dividends. And so the only value of these is essentially as, as I guess the only way to describe it, is as rare collectible cards you know, yeah. they don't actually do anything of of themselves, but owning the, the shiny is it has a value associated well, and, uh, with it nominally. Yeah. And if you have enough of them, maybe you can vote for part of the ah, board or so something I think like I've heard that. of
3: these before. It's something to do with apes, right?
4: And it's a, but it's a, but it's a gamble as well. So essentially as you say, you're completely correct. Amazon has never paid dividends, probably never will. Facebook the same. All the big like uh, tech darlings, none of them ever pay dividends. Uber will definitely not do it. What you're doing is you're buying it on the assumption that the next guy coming behind you will pay you more for it. Now, that kind of yes. economy has a certain shape to it, uh, which you can draw very yes, easily does. with
1: three sides. And also, as as Rob says, like what they're doing in this scenario is they're essentially going, okay, we'll we the company will buy back and destroy a bunch of these ultra rare cards which are circulating which will increase the rarity and therefore value of the remainder oh no no and no, the, no. Ol-
4: the only we no no James no. that's how it would normally go but in this scenario what they did is they bought a big volume of shares on the open market thus improving the f- okay. the value of the shares and then a little while later they would they would do another share emission a couple months later to approximately the same size and value, thus sort of lowering the value a little bit. But that would allow, so essentially, the the pool of shares would remain the same. They would just juice it once every one once in a while by um, buying
1: a, a a chunk of it. So, oh my God! Right. So hang on. So they were. Let me get this straight. They're like, okay, we'll buy back um ten percent of the shares. Let's say, okay, cool. We're just gonna stick them in our pocket. Now the remaining 90% of their value has gone up. We'll wait. A, we'll wait a couple of months. Now we're going to issue that 10% again. But at this point, the market psychology has gone. Yes. Well, the value of this share yes. went up, and now there's going to be more of them. Therefore, so we'll buy them at the fine. elevated but, price. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the sanest system under which to distribute well, this resources is not even and value. Like, this is
4: just like a, a, a side item of the stuff I wanted to get into. Um, <laughs> oh god!
3: Yeah, this this I, is I genuinely baby had, shit, man.
1: <laughs> I had no idea, Rob. I did not know they did that. That's ridiculous. i would like, oh fuck me. Okay, <laughs> this is going really dark places tonight. The, the other th- thing the they they
4: they did. I mean, there was a bunch of shit that happened, but among the other things that that happened, at huge volumes, way bigger than any but than than happened before the advent of zero interest rates and, and free central banking money. Essentially, is that venture capital companies grew huge and went on massive buying sprees. Um, you, you, think like BlackRock, um, the Carlisle group, um, a whole bunch of companies with gigantic pools of money. And what they, what they do essentially is they put some of their own money, uh, in, into like, I'll give you a real world example. This is the best way I can explain it. Um, this is, this genuinely happened last year and it concerns, um, Britain's fourth largest supermarket, Morrison's. Um, oh, good. Yeah. It's been around since 1899 um, and in last year as well. Uh, Asda, by the way, was also sold to another uh, private equity group uh, it, under a similar deal. Um, and last year, Morrison's was uh, the subject of a strong debt fueled bidding by a few different private equity groups, uh, including an eventually losing bid from a group owned by SoftBank. Uh, for more on that, <laughs> listen to Trash Future. Uh, but it was eventually s- sold by a to a private equity group, group called Clayton Dubillier and Rice, or CDR, for just just a hair short of 10 billion pounds. I think 9.9 or 9.8 billion pounds. Um, so how does CDR do that? What? Well, they say, well, we'll put in, let's say, about 10% of our own money. Uh, we'll go out on the market and we'll borrow another. So let's say 9 billion. And with that Mm. money together, we will buy Morrisons. And because we are private equity and we are efficient, we will make Morrisons uh, so much more efficient that it will not only be able to pay off this debt that we will load on the balance sheet of Morrisons and we don't keep on ours because that's something you're allowed to do. Um, And then we will make it so much more efficient that uh either we sell it on to the next buyer who will pay more for it or we'll list it again on the open market and then Mm -hmm. shareholders will see so much value that everybody gets their their money back uh that's so they borrow
0: all that money and then they just juice the thing that they've purchased to end up paying off all of that
4: yeah either either that to pay it off or to sell it on to the next private equity company for a little bit more so everybody gets their money back
3: Um, I mean, like we, we, and we know what uh, what form these efficiencies take. It's sacking people, rate, worsening conditions, uh, stripping assets, yes. etc., until 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 it goes up, goes bust. Uh, that was like, what happened to Toys R Us, wasn't it?
1: Yes, I've just I've just realised in the past year, Morrison's. Who like normally I would shop with Morrison's or Aldi, depending on what you know I mm-hmm. particularly need. Um, Morrison's have discontinued a whole bunch of really good, like Morrison's own store lines yeah. that I used yes. to like get and enjoy, and now it just all makes perfect sense. And the really um, that. Um, the the Morrison... specific
0: thing that comes to mind for me is the, the breaded chicken. They've changed, uh, yes. like, the breaded chicken steaks and all that shit. That's all fucking new. There's like 50% amount of fucking chicken now in them. It's, yeah. it's bullshit. It's so bad compared to what it used to be.
3: If you hate it so much, David, why don't you move to Venezuela? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't know the
4: specifics of that product, but there could well well be a link between um, the efficiency of the private equity group CDR and the destruction of chicken in your thing, in your product, because Morrison's is a really good example of why it was bought at such a extremely high premium. Um, it was before this acquisition relatively low in debt. And it also Mm -hmm. had uh, a very high level, way higher than other UK supermarkets of what is known as vertical integration. By which I mean, they own a lot of the land on which the supermarkets sit and they all also as well own a lot of farmland. So like about 50% Mm. of Morrison's stuff is or was now maybe was like sourced from their own farms. So they had their own- So there's your
3: assets. There's your assets that can go in the bin. Exactly.
4: And those can be asset stripped out uh, of the company. Um, so very roughly speaking, as we've been discussing, what happens, an actual productive company like Morrison's, which was not in a great financial shape, but it was also not doing too badly, gets acquired by private equity with a lot of like borrowed money, um, which leads to a lot of people being fired in the name of efficiency, because if you drop labor costs, your uh, earnings look a lot better, and uh, you strip the assets out. So you sell the farmland, you... Um, um, and for example, this is comes from the uh, Financial Times, the most obvious Morrison, um, the most obvious thing to do with Morrison is to revisit its high level of property ownership. Many believe that Fortress, one of the investment companies, will release cash from Morrison's extensive real estate, even though it has ruled out, uh, ruled out any material store sale and leasebacks. So. What will normally happen is, in case of Morrison, they say we've ruled it out, but we don't have to trust them, is um, what you can do is you can split off the property, so all the land and the buildings underlying the actual Morrison supermarket, um, and then lease those stores back to the actual company. So the new company just has all the actual valuable material assets, and you just make the old company pay for the thing that used to be theirs. That's a very, very familiar private equity trick. (laughs) No. Uh, mind you by the way you can do this with Morrison's so CDR can sell Morrison's to the Carlisle group or whoever's it, whoever the, the guys were who bought Asda um, you can do this trick endlessly and just load more and more and more and more debt on the Morrison's balance sheet as long as that debt can be serviced. So as long as the interest payments can be made on the debt, not the repayment, mind you, but the interest payments can be made, you can do this shit endlessly. And this is a process that's been going on in America, but increasingly in the UK for a really long time now, where private equity buys something with borrowed money, loads that borrowed money on the balance sheet of the company and then sells it on to another company, which loads it with more debt and then sells it on for a higher price by selling by selling the land and stripping the assets and firing the workers and then selling it onto the next company. Now, that's of course, something that can only work if the interest rates remain near enough to zero or, or very low. So there's just enough like actual profit being turned through that you can repay the interest. Because interestingly- um, <laughs> Well done. <laughs> Don't reward him for that. And uh, this briefly is where we have to do a Brief interlude and explain how corporate debt works in general, right? Um, I say briefly, but it's you know it's 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 like a page worth of notes. Yeah, briefly, Rob's terms. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, so make yourself yeah. a cup of tea. So it's only two pages of the short notes. Yeah. Um, so this is like a brief primer on how corporate debt works in general. Um, A a company wants to do thing. They want to do actual productive things like buy a new factory, hire more staff, um, or they want to do non-productive but profitable spreadsheet magic shit like stock buybacks. Uh, They don't have the Mm -hmm. money on hand, or they do have the money on hand, but they want to roll the dice and think it's cheaper to borrow some and repay it later because when we make more money, we can repay better later. Very, very broadly speaking, there are two types of corporate debt. There's commercial paper, which is very short term and essentially says you have to pay the whole debt back within ninety days. Uh, so that's the principal plus whatever interest is set on it. And the other thing is bonds, which is corporate bonds, which is what we're mainly talking about. That's anything longer than ninety days. You buy it, you get regular interest payments at whatever the interest pay interest is set at the moment, and whenever the the bond runs to the end of its life cycle, which is anything from 10 to 20 or 30 years or anything in between, um, you get not just at the end of the life cycle, but only at the very end of it do you get the principal back. So if the bond is worth a million, you don't get anything during the time you're holding it except the interest payments. It's only at the very end that you get your million back, if you see what I mean. Right. So far so good? Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Both of these instruments, so commercial paper and corporate bonds, have been around since forever. They're fairly well regulated, they're very standardized, nothing new, nothing surprising. But the critical thing here that that you need to remember, that very much unlike a mortgage, There is no repayment of the principal sum until the maturity date like if you have a mortgage you repay a little bit of the principal every month until the mortgage is paid off and you own Mm -hmm. your house so you dissolve it over time corporate debt does specifically not do that so normally what you'd expect a corporation to do is over the lifetime of a bond it would store up an amount of chunk of change that when it matures they have the cash on hand to pay you out to repay you in full however very often indeed most often that does not happen what instead happens is what's called a rollover or a refinancing of the debt so yeah um praxis Cars limited has like a million outstanding in in bonds and it's held by i don't know uh, uh barclays bank let's say barclays um and instead of having to have a million on hand at the end of the thing, we go to Barclays towards the end of it and say, look, we've been good payers, you've gotten your interest payments over the lifetime of the bond. What about instead of us paying you back and we're done, we roll it over, we let the same term stand or we adjust the interest rates a little bit, um because of the the where the new levels are and then you can keep getting your interest payments which is the profit which is what you really want you don't want the million back you want the money that the yeah. million is making um mm-hmm. so what do you say uh we keep you we uh Praxis Class limited keep paying you interest and you don't need the actual money back so that's called rolling over the debt or refinancing the debt there's subtle differences but i won't bore you with it um, and you can do uh, you can do it with the same people that hold your bonds now, or you can shop around and see if there's another pool of money that's interested in taking over your bond. So instead of going back to Barclays, we go to RBS or NatWest or whoever the fuck would be interested. But of course, there is a risk, and that's the critical bit that you also have to remember for later, is that you can't roll it over. Maybe Praxis Cast Limited turns out to be hot dog shit and doesn't actually make any money.
3: Oh, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh,
4: maybe the new interest rates are.
3: Do, do you like to funnel hot dogs?
1: <laughs>
3: um, maybe the. Boy, new... do I have the podcast company for you?
1: Just, just suddenly struck by this this whole idea that you've got like this guy sitting in the office quantifying the runniness of hot dog shit to determine whether <laughs> it's worth refinancing at the end of the bond period. Just uh, uh Yeah. Uh maybe West. there's there's
4: been a spike in interest rates. So literally even if we could roll it over, we we don't make enough money to repay the interest, so there's a problem. Maybe we just can't get anybody to be interested to to roll over our debt. Uh so it's not a guarantee. Like there's a very high probability that you can, but it's not guaranteed. That's quite important. And this is also uh, where a huge amount of finance wizards make their money. Because every time you refinance a bond, you need a new contract that has new conditions. Uh, maybe you need some new borrowers. So maybe you need to go to an investment bank to put the whole thing together for you. Like Goldman Sachs will
1: look for a big enough pool of money, maybe with several different investors to take your bond okay. over. Rob, can I um can I do a bit of a Cassandra here and predict the future based on what you've said so far? Would I be... Hot or cold, in terms of like how close I am, if I were to say that there's a huge problem potentially coming, because the increase in interest rates brought about by the rise in inflation might mean that a bunch of companies are unable to service their debt obligations, which isn't immediately a problem, but does become a massive problem the second they're due refinancing and then suddenly no one wants to refinance because it's too volatile a market. Does that does that sound right? That is about exactly right. But wait
4: until you figure out how we figured out to pour gasoline all over this little problem.
1: Oh wow, <laughs> I'm loving this. This is like unfolding catastrophe. Oh. It's like ah, jeez, shit. Look at that. The uh, the piano's collapsed. Well, you ain't seen nothing yet because as it collapsed, it hit the shelving. Oh well, that's pretty bad. Ah, but the bowling ball at the end of the shelving is yeah, I'm loving this. This is fantastic. Exactly. So Let's is that go. scene in
0: 2012, where the earthquake begins and then they drive away and then the the waterway starts to fall apart. And then they get in a plane and then they start to fly away and then the buildings start falling down around them and then they get through all the buildings and there's a massive tidal wave and yeah just it's, it's fine like there's more no movie after this somehow it's good i promise
4: yeah so this is like the stuff we've been talking about so far is mainly to do with straightforward corporate bonds. American Airlines, mm-hmm. Boeing, whoever, they need some money, they go out and get the money and then they roll it over if they can make the thing work or not, as James was very accurately predicting just now. Where it becomes much more interesting is if you do this thing that I was just talking about with Morrison. So if you're a CDR, you buy Morrisons at a big premium, you put in a smaller amount of amount of money that you put in a small amount of your own money, you borrow a lot more. Um, and that's usually the, the how much you borrow is usually determined by what's known as the, the, the leverage ratio. Leverage being um, however much does the company, Morrisons in this case, make in a given year, and what is the multiple of that that we can borrow? So let's say Morrisons, I don't know, makes a billion pounds a year in, in, in clean profit. Uh, the, the leverage ratio, on average for U.S. companies is about six. So if it makes one billion, you can borrow about six against the company. But okay. given how low the interest rates have been, it's not been totally mm-hmm. uncommon that it's gone up to like a 10, a factor of 10. <laughs> so if Morrison's makes one billion, you can borrow 10 billion. And again, you can stack that. So if CDR that, sold find, it I to... It, I find the
3: idea but. Not Morrison's of all places making a clean billion pounds in profit a year—very um, perplexing, almost.
4: I—I <laughs> I don't know if they do. I'm just using round numbers to to make the the, the math easier. Well, I that's, mean, like, that's...
3: in but, but in in the context of um, whoever the fuck um CDR or whatever uh borrowing like, like nine billion pounds to to yeah. buy Morrison's that would imply that Morrison's do in fact borrow earn a. Make a billion pounds of profit a year which is like i say mind-blowing and the i
1: just looked this up for your benefit alistair um what do you think morrison's annual turnover is
3: oh, fucking i've got no idea 400 pounds i don't know
1: <laughs> it's 17.6 billion jesus yeah
3: uh yeah damn <laughs> that that is pretty <laughs> I should, huge i, I mean stop a supermarket chain yeah so essentially
1: um
4: there's this huge amount of money that CDR has borrowed to buy Morrisons, right? The, the 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 nine billion. And nine billion is a huge chunk of money, and it's very difficult to find like one bank or one investment firm or one pension fund that wants to front you the whole nine billion, right? That's that because that's a mm. lot of risk you're taking on assuming that CDR can, you know. Clean up Morrison's enough to turn the money around; that they're good enough, or that somebody else will buy it before there's a real problem coming down the pipeline. So what normally happens is uh, CDR will go to a big investment firm. Uh, uh, in this specific case, I think it's Credit Suisse uh, or Goldman Sachs or something, and they will find a group of of investment firms that pull the money together to um, to give you to to get you to the nine billion. So. How do you make that pool? Well, you make that pool through what is known as a collateralized loan obligation. And if you think that sounds oddly familiar. There's some magic words. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we started with because the thing that blew up the, uh, the the US housing market was collateralized debt obligations, where they took like a giant pool of mortgages from all over the US and said, this is safe, and then split it off into different elements, paying different returns uh and but it was all mostly guaranteed to be safe because it was financial wizard so the the rating companies said this is safe so instead of doing that with mortgages we're doing the same thing again but with corporate loans um cool yeah so uh there's a guy I think it's... I can't remember. It's about Australian two. Australian man times.
3: who signed off all of these loans. It's an American <laughs> a, 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 a,
4: a credit suisse called John Pop who asked the same question. Uh, what can... In, invest- in relation
0: to Colm Popp. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, what can investors do in the age of, of 0% interest, but they need to make money, like pension funds need to make money to pay out the pensions that they have promised to their customers. Uh, But the state is out of the game and they're not making enough money because of the central bank action where where we started. Um, But the investors, again, like pension funds, need the money to be safe enough to satisfy themselves and the regulators that they're not invested in weird Ponzi shit, but in actual responsible corporations. Um, So the financial sector invents this toy or reinvents it that they knew very well from pre-2008. This is the CDO. Uh, and they just redid it as the collateralized loan obligation, which then they crammed full of these leveraged corporate loans—the the the nine billion that they loaned to buy Morrison's, rather than the straightforward boring corporate bonds that we were talking about before, which already might be hurtling off the cliff. Why would you buy them? Well, because the interest rate on them is slightly higher than you would get from a straightforward corporate bond, and if you just buy enough of them, then the multiplier <laughs> is high enough, and you can to make colla- real money.
3: I love to collapse. I'd love to collapse the economy over a, a marginal interest rate of like 0.001% uh, <laughs> in my investment.
4: Exactly. But I mean, Fucking this is. Excellent. This is, again, this is partly by design. Of the central banks. This is what the uh, this is where we started. This is what it was meant to do. It was meant to get giant pools like pension,
3: the <laughs> machine that fucks economies and you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: it was meant to get these giant pools of like pension funds, big banks, that kind of stuff, out of state debt where it did nothing productive, quote unquote, and put it into the hands of the private sector, which would do jobs and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you know, like make Morrison's more efficient by firing everybody. Hmm. So these these CLO instruments become increasingly popular after the the yield rates really start to fall after 2010 when all the central banks put the interest rate at 0. Um and the, just to give you an indication of about where it's at the total value of the CLO market in the US alone last year was 431 billion when you factor in mm. uh, everything. Uh
3: so Let's Do see. you do you know what that is like globally at all?
4: Uh it's it's in the over the trillions. It's it's somewhere well, north uh, yeah, of one and a half trillion, would. which by the way, is bigger than the size of the U like the combined um US mortgage pa- packaging and repackaging sector when it exploded in two thousand eight. It's bigger than oh, that
3: good. now. <laughs> so I, I assume it's just too big to fail then.
4: It is. Uh, but there's one like crucial difference essentially between um, a CDO, which is the, mor- the the housing mortgage stuff that blew up in 2008, and the CLO, which is the thing we're talking about now, is that a mortgage debt is, is not that hard to, to understand. It's pretty straightforward. People just lied a lot and it was filled with horseshit but it's pretty easy to understand. You take a big pool of mortgages, you cram everything together, you say if you want the riskier stuff you get more money out of it, if you want the safer stuff you get less money out of it, but it's fairly straightforward. Um, but corporate debt agreements like these CLOs are incredibly complex documents. They're like 350-400 page contracts and they're subject to mm-hmm. like a billion little subclauses. But uh, these CLOs, when they're rated by security instruments, saying, well, they're pretty safe and a pension fund can buy them. So uh, what happened is over time, because uh, there was so much money sloshing around and it needed to make better returns, is that there's not a lot of people who put together these CLOs. They're quite specialized. It's like a couple of investment banks that are really good at it. And they figured out over time that they held the whip hand because they had a rare product. So what these investment groups CDR, uh, private equity started to do CDR, uh, BlackRock, Carlyle, a, bus- along- a
3: businessman steps out of an alleyway and step- uh, opens up his uh, his blazer to you and says, "Look, check out these rare <laughs> investment opportunities that I've got for you." Well, they're it- completely legal and probably won't collapse the economy. <laughs>
4: well, what the, what they started to do was was that, but with a light twist to it. What they said was, "Ah, now you are addicted to the returns that I can give you." how about we slightly tweak the conditions of the contracts that they're more favorable to me and less to you, the lender. So for example, what if we put in a clause, if I'm CDR, and I say, what if we put in a clause that says, I'm still allowed to sell all of Morrison's lands and farms, and you're not allowed to object, even though you hold like 5 billion of my debt. That's the kind of stuff that, that started to happen. So now like... The the CLO is no longer as secure as it was because it's no longer backed up by Morrison's land and farms and stuff, because that's all been hived off into that other company and probably already sold off. It's just living on the promise that Morrisons can keep servicing the debt.
3: And imagine imagine if they'd actually taken all these like hundreds of billions of dollars and actually put them into something that was actually, you know, productive, like infrastructure or something like that. You know, like if they had just left it with the state to actually do the things that the state is meant to do then they might have actually gotten some fucking return. Like, Can we just upend like, up this entire like socio-political economy shit? Because it's just not working, frankly.
4: Well,
0: we could have, but unfortunately, um, people became addicted to collateralized loan obligations
4: and they will now regret its absence. Yes, very much. So um, soon to regret it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So there's one more thing that you need to know about these CLOs that makes them, quote-unquote, safer for investors... Um, and that is essentially, they're pretty much always variable interest rate, which means that if the interest rate in general starts to rise, let's say if the central banks decide to raise the interest rates, the, va- the interest rate on the CLO rises along with the general trend. It doesn't stay locked in at the 0% you agreed last year when the money was worth 0%. So, mm-hmm. Once again, if the interest rate starts to rise, yeah, you get more money out. But what if the underlying asset, i.e. Morrison, says, yeah, we can't pay this anymore. We actually don't have enough money going out to service this huge wall of debt we have. So it makes it safer right up until the point it is no longer safe, if that makes sense.
3: We really live in stupid economic times, don't we?
4: Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean bring back tulips.
1: I mean (laughs) this is the thing it's all highly effective at doing its real agenda which is to concentrate wealth in the right hands yeah I mean
3: jacking up share prices which is like the the, the, uh, by their own admission the only useful kind of uh, economic activity that there is apparently
4: so essentially what's happening is there are ever more and more of these leveraged loans out there 2021 was a banger year according to & and Co. And these leveraged loans are being repackaged and sliced into ever more varied and more wildly out there CLOs, which are held by ever more institutions. And the standards underpinning all these deals are getting shittier and shittier uh, and weighed against the investor all the time. And all of it is essentially relying on an infinity of free central bank money, because that's the only way the circus can stay on the road. Because if you look at the bottom of the pyramid, you're looking at very tiny percentages of return. Like Morrison's just needs to be able to make the interest payment all the time, remember? They don't need to repay mm-hmm. the capital, they just need to be able to roll it over, roll it over, roll it over. And these CLOs just need to be rolled over, and rolled over, and rolled over, and they can never actually, the de- if the CLO on, on Morrison's, let's say it's one contract, if it's 9 billion, if it was called in all at once, Morrison's probably couldn't pay it off because it's way too much. It would probably go under like the lights would literally just go out.
3: Um I mean this is that's that's I think something along those lines happened to um Toys R Us, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, didn't it? It did. Like, yeah. It was uh, private equity came in, uh burned down everything that they could to, you know, maximise the efficient the efficiency of the business, and then um I don't know the actual specifics of the like well, the corporate loan or whatever, but uh, then all of a sudden, oh yeah, no, we're no longer a viable business now because uh, we fucked and rolled up by being run by these fucking psychopaths.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's happened loads of times. Was that uh, was it Philip Philip Green? Uh, yeah, he There's... he used to do that uh Top Shop. I think was one of them. Um, like yeah. This, I mean, that's not private equity. That's not these collateralized loans. But it's it's the same trick essentially, over, and over Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, over it's, and over it's the same again. kind
0: of bullshit. This is just level fucking two.
4: Yeah. So. <laughs> I was reading, he's since gone very turfy and weird, so it's a bit of a shame, but he was once upon a time very good. So I was reading an old book by Matt Taibbi over the holiday called Griftopia, which is very good. Um, Yeah, it's extremely good. I've read that one. uh, He once described, uh, he was talking about the mortgage sector at the time, which blew up in 2008. Hmm. Um, And he once described the people making these shitty mortgage loans and then repackage them as um, tying a bowl around a watermelon and throwing it out the window. Everybody only makes money while the watermelon is airborne. And the people making the <laughs> money are not responsible when it hits the pavement. So what happens when we turn lots and lots and lots of global, but US and What, UK what co- I'm
3: hearing is we need to be throwing more watermelons out windows. <laughs>
4: uh, so what happens if we took lots and lots and lots of US, but also increasingly UK and other countries' corporate debt and we turned it into a big watermelon with a bow on it. Uh, we repackaged that into a CLO and then throw it out the window. Oh, so- your bets. Yeah, um, C- CDR probably might make their money back um, on this Morrison's deal if they can find a sucker big enough to buy it off them in time. Goldman Sachs who wrapped the debt and created the, the, the CLO will probably make its, will definitely make its money because they made it through setting up the deal. They made it in their fees. Uh, Pension funds will make their monthly return as long as the Morrison's watermelon is zipping through the air. But what if, let's say, the overall interest rates rise because there's inflation, or there's a spike in energy prices and food prices and other commodity prices that supermarkets depend on to put the stuff in the shop so you can buy it? Mm-hmm. What happens if people decide that you know there's a rat infestation in Morrison's and they just decide to go to Tesco's? What happens when Morrison doesn't make enough money to service the debt, let alone repay the the capital? Um, And what if they've done that, not just with their own money, but with even more borrowed money? So what if we did all these things, and what if actually a lot of companies, and I do mean like a lot of them, including like about 20% of the US's biggest 3,000 companies, so about 600 of them, aren't actually earning enough to turn a profit, but are barely able to or even increasingly unable to service the interest payments on either the CLOs or the straightforward corporate bonds. And maybe that's become become even worse because a company like CDR has come in and weighed the balance sheet down with even more billions in debt. Well, at that point, you get to a stage to what is fondly known as uh, a zombie company. Uh, It's functionally dead. They
3: serve sandwiches, don't they? (laughs)
4: <laughs>
3: uh, it's functionally
4: dead like it's it's not a going concern anymore but it's shuffling along powered by rolling over this pyramid of debt and just as long as the market believes it can service the debt it'll be fine um current zombie companies in difficult
0: shape to roll over <laughs>
4: um, these include by the way uh, by any real measure american airlines carnival cruises boeing possibly one of them but there's oh, like good. but there's more of them yep. essentially every single day um, according to Bloomberg 600 of the. US largest public traded companies um accounting for about 900 billion in corporate debt leverage loans and the like uh, are essentially they are these zombies they're only kept alive by low interest rate and a faith in the market that they'll make their next payment but oh.
2: I think well, th- that-
3: these, so these bit These these businesses continue existing through the power of sheer faith alone. These companies are powered by orcs. Yes. They. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Wow. I, I look forward to the orc economy future. Yeah. Um. So, but
4: what happens when, like I said, like with Morrison's, right? What happens if there's a giant
1: spike in raw materials and the interest rates rise? And they come. That's easy, Rob. What what you do is you get out and you go, NFTs, make it go faster. Mm-hmm. And you put <laughs> NFTs on it. And it is Lane fine. Line goes right? wag. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there's a great fucking episode title, by the way. Cut that bit, but Line goes wag is it. <laughs> so essentially, what if there's more than a trillion out there in CLOs and way more in corporate debt? And they're just a big confidence scheme. Where everybody's just convinced each other that the watermelons they've tossed out the window actually have wings and can keep flying forever, um, yeah. So, you'd think wh- a
0: plane company would know that's
1: not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Boeing definitely has experience with flying melons.
4: Yeah, and and you know, as a, as a little another, party another trick
3: for DLC as well.
4: As a little party trick, by the way, if if the company that you're invested in by buying a, a, a mezzanine tranche of CLOs um, and your pension fund has done this, for example, um, what if the CDR decides to sell a bunch of Morrison's stores uh, and farmland without checking with the borrower um, because they're allowed to do that now because the contracts changed over time? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it used to be like, okay, the debt that I hold on Morrison's is worthless, but at least I can get my hands on the farmlands and the stores and the actual physical assets. I have something. So what if instead of that, you opened the big jar and it just had like two flies flying out of it instead of what (laughs) you thought there might be in them? Because they might be able to, depending on how shitty the agreement is, CDR might be allowed to do that. And all of a sudden, all that debt that your pension fund is holding is no longer underpinned by anything anymore. Not even like leverage ratios and anything, it's just there, a a watermelon hurtling towards the ground, and you're the person, you know, tied to it. And in the last two months, um, subprime, which means the same as in housing, which means shitty, um, US corporate debt is starting to bubble big time. Um, The amount that zombie-level corporates were able to borrow um, this year is down... 75% from what they were able to borrow last year and they've been able to issue less and less debt as well. That's not because they don't need the money because they desperately do, but it's because nobody wants to lend to them anymore because the real economy is back because we're no longer in the world of 0% interest rates. And now, all of a sudden, there's a chance that you don't get your money back out of this and you cannot sell the flying watermelon on to the next sucker. Though the really junk rated stuff, um, they're uh the the sorry the really junk junk rated stuff like their value is like down eight to nine percent their shell value uh is already down by nearly 10 percent just on the idea that this might happen and we haven't really seen central <laughs> See? bank
3: the orcs ruined their ugly heads once again
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and like we, we this re- is, it's, it is funny though how this is exactly the same thing that's tanked uh fucking lunar coin or whatever Like, they stopped believing that the magic worked and then, poof, millions of dollars wiped Um, out in an
1: instant. I mean, actually, lunacoin it kind of is. You know, the first statement you made there was correct, Alistair, um, because LunaCoin was, in fact, tanked by hostile action by a financial firm acquiring a controlling stake and using its leverage. Like, that is indeed what tanked it. Less about the, the belief, though. What happened is they demonstrated that it couldn't work. And, well... I mean we're about to see the same thing play out in slow motion, right, Rob?
4: Yeah. So like the really junk rated, and this is again, I'm just talking about the straightforward corporate debt stuff now. I'm not talking about the CLOs yet. Like their value is down somewhere between eight and ten percent on the year, and we haven't really seen the real interest rate arises by the central banks yet, or the full impact of inflation. Uh, that's coming through the supply chain because of energy and food and all the other stuff that we talk about in this podcast. Yeah. And this, mind you, this is on the visible end of the spectrum. These are like the straightforward bonds where American Airlines says, we're really shitty, but you should buy some of my debt on the expectation uh, that we can forever roll it over. That's the visible stuff and that's already tanking. The thing is with the these leveraged loans from private equity groups, because they're privately held You don't get to see inside them because they don't have to tell you. This is not listed on the stock exchange. But what we do know is the market there is slowing down very quickly as well. From 80 billion in new CLO structures in January to only 6 billion in new creations in May. Again, this is according to Bloomberg. Um, And according to the same article, about 620 publicly listed companies, the zombie ones, I was referring to energy, Currently, none of them are making enough money to cover the interest payments, and now I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure, it's fine. And now, line is going up, but not in the fun way. The costs of everything are going up. Um, and you just
3: need to believe in it harder, and then uh, problem solved.
4: And then hilariously, Wait, what the fuck? This fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so some of the watermelons may be approaching, you know, terminal velocity essentially. Um, but as they hit the pavement, consider the following. If they hit the pavement, uh, those, the first layer that's just taken on too much debt, and which they can a lot four
3: war hitting the ground in sequence. <laughs> exactly. Why like, that works the same way?
4: Because that's the real dog shit layer, right? What, the layer just above it is safe only as long as the interest ra- rates don't rise only a little bit and the cost of raw materials rises only a little bit, but if they keep going up as sharp as they are, then the next layer of companies, so not the 600 dogshit ones, but let's say the 500 above them, will be pushed into the zombie state. And at that point, fuck knows what's going to happen. So all I'm saying is, at the end of all this, if you don't go shop at Morrison's, you may literally cause the next financial crash.
0: So
1: accelerationists. I hope you don't mind, hunger. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say, Rob. Listen, I'm sure that pavement is much further away than it appears. Oh wait, I, it may be. Like this could it?
4: It doesn't need to blow up this way. I really want to be be like clear about that. Like a lot of the a lot of these companies, like Boeing, for example, is is systemically important to a lot of people. So they may well get a bailout. You you know that it during COVID we talked about it on the central banking podcast. Um, during COVID, we already had like US central bank money literally going straight into the corporate sector because they said, if you don't give us the money right now, we will go bankrupt. That has already happened. So there's either the watermelons hit the pavement and it's 2008, but way bigger because it's systemic again.
3: Replacing the shit has hit the fan with the watermelons hit the pavement. Yeah. (laughs) In my lexicon at least
4: or and this is your alternative the central bank step in again and then this time they don't save the state they start saving corporations
3: i do i do struggle to believe that um government would step in to save morrison's little all things maybe, maybe not Waitrose. but
4: but what if it's not morrison's what if it's like morrison's and and 20 companies in the same sort of league and class all over the UK in different sectors all at the same time because they all have the same yeah. problem.
0: What, what if the entire supermarket chain collapses at roughly the same time because they all have to buy the same kind of shit and like, yeah,
4: it's, like, it's an y-
0: entire sector that could potentially go completely fucking
4: tits up. Like Morrison's imploding, I agree. Like, yeah, the state will let that happen because, you know, other supermarkets are available. But what if it's like Aunt Morrison's and, you know, I don't know, W.H. Smith and three engineering companies and 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 that's the point where it becomes systemic because they're all I'm not suggesting this is definitively true, but they could very well all be relying on the same magic of rolling over their corporate debt because they know they can in the
1: current conditions they can never repay the principal.
3: Well we just need do to know, get more orcs in to fix it. Yeah, that's, that's, do you that's know what we need to do
1: this this suddenly explains to me to my mind the sudden corporate obsession with nfts etc it's it's looking for a magic solution to patch the hole isn't it
3: it's was well, the same as the um fucking obr like it it's this is this is the private sector equivalent of the line being going up being where the wizard fixes it substitute that for your nfts right yeah and it's
4: so long, it's 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 it is like the best way to think about it is is genuinely like a wah. Like, as long as everybody believes in it, <laughs> it has incredible power and it can drive spaceships through space and time. But when we don't believe it anymore, when there's a real problem, when like the engine fails, however, it works, then when Wiley Coyote finally looks down, yes, thank you, that's even better. Why when, when Wiley Coyote finally looks down and figures out that like. The corporate debt sector is full of hot dog shit, and the CLO sector is full of hot dog shit squared, but inside a box that you can't actually see the inside of because you're not allowed to. And also, they may have sold all the assets inside the box because they were allowed to.
0: Anyway. Awesome. Too, too, too many war bosses, not enough grots. Uh, <laughs> cool. Right, well, let's, uh, let's fucking, let's knock that in the head, shall we? I think that's been more than enough of an episode. Uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash praxiscash You should join us there. You will get one bonus episode a month. At present, we are looking to get more patrons on so that we can build it up to two a month. So, uh, yeah. yeah, get get on, get involved, join us in the Discord, etc. Uh We have t-shirts. Uh, that is praxiscash.tmill.com. You can wear uh, a, a Chief O'Brien t-shirt where challenges you to be in a fucking union, and you can wear it on a picket line, uh, as as someone did today, which is cool and good. We love to see it. Yep. Uh, We also have the streams. Streams are, at present, um, Thursdays definitely, from about half seven, I think, um, on Thursdays at twitch.tv for slash PraxisCast. Mondays are on a slight hiatus at the moment. They may return soon. Uh, Stay tuned for more information on that one. And although Jamie's not here, uh, listen to Peace at Home, a podcast with music by Jordan. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's us, I think. Um, does anyone have anything else they'd like to announce, profess?
3: Uh, I have a final thought. Oh, dear. In lieu of the um, comment, commentary at Jubilee yes. edition, I leave you with a single thought, and that is Platy Jobs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And on that note. (laughs) Hmm. On on,
1: on that note, I need to go back to bed. Fuck me, this episode has not been good for my recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
0: Bye. 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 Bye.